There he is. Hello. Can you hear me? I got you loud and clear. How are you doing Wednesday? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Appreciate the time and uh, love to get to see the collection behind that I've, I've heard you talk about for so many years. But I uh, want to get into the show and, and look back a little bit on some things. And, uh, dude, I guess we got to start by saying thank you. I mean, not necessarily the way I wanted it to happen, but uh, happy that you're going to go out and be performing Murder Dolls, not necessarily behind an anniversary and kind of uh, due to the other guys doing some activity and kind of just taking ownership of this. And I imagine playing both of the albums when we get to see you live on October the 20th at the Whiskey, right? Yeah, man. Uh, it's kicking off here, uh, which is home for me now, L.A. So uh, it's kicking off here at home, and uh, it's going to be a great show. I think the show's uh, pretty close to being sold out, uh, which is a great start to a tour. And uh, it's going to be a fun time going back and revisiting these uh, these songs. This is uh, 21 years of, of, of since the band uh, was introduced to the world, and uh, we're going to play stuff from the first and uh, second record and mix it up and tell stories and just you know celebrate the the the, the music of that band and uh, celebrate Joey and and also Ben who passed away and. Uh, it's just going to be a, a a good a good thing for if you're if you're a fan of that. Yeah, looking forward to it. And kind of curious uh, the math on it. How much how much are you dividing between Murder Dolls and and obviously your solo career and then first album versus the second album? How do you split all that up? Oh, I don't intend to play any Wednesday Thirteen solo material at all. Oh wow! Uh, this, is, this is strictly all Murder Dolls. Uh, we've picked out. I think I've picked out 20, 27 songs for the band to learn. Uh, we start rehearsal next weekend uh, on Friday the thirteenth. Of course, of course. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what works. But I don't intend. I, I wasn't intending to do any. Wednesday 13th song. If we do anything, I might throw in one or two of of my normal encore type songs. But I but I really want to I really want to do this as a as a murder dolls tribute thing. Um just because, you know, these songs are songs I haven't played in a really long time. I mean, the the last Murder Dolls record, we only toured on that for for a year and and i i love that album i love the music on that album i love the music on the first album but that music is just a whole different animal to me that's parts of my old band prior to so you know what i mean it's just they're two different it's like trying to judge my children i love both (laughs) of them uh but you know it's just it's going to be fun to go back and and revisit these songs and and also uh you know i've spent you know 20 years watching videos just like fans have watching videos of our performances and and stuff and i'm and i'm watching shows i'm going man i was a kid i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) i could do that better now so it's almost like i get a uh, another chance to to tackle these songs and and i want people to come to these shows and i want them to feel like they're hearing the album i don't want it to be anything less i don't it i want it sonically to sound perfect if not i want it to be even better i want it to sound better than they imagine the record and uh that's something i really am that we're really really taking uh very very seriously is making the music sound perfect and in the beginning murder dolls our 
our plane, our mission was to attack and we were more <laughs> and less jumping off of amps and, and just performing and the music kind of, kind of suffered and, and but that's not a bad thing that's just how it was and that and i don't i wouldn't change it for the world but uh <laughs> but this being a, a a tribute thing to that i, I want it, i want it to sound good and obviously it's it's going to look good because that's what we do of course of course you know speaking of the sounds and, and that's something i wanted to dig into and kind of the differences between album one and two but uh mm-hmm. interestingly enough one of my favorites from the first album grave robin usa and i love the little skit in the beginning kind of at at the end and wanted to learn about that and then it sounds like you're also going to include that stuff in the show as well yeah i don't know if i'm necessarily going to use that that skit from from the grave robin we're definitely going to play that song that song's definitely on the list of uh of, of songs uh but yeah um you know i mean as far as that that intro on that thing that was actually done <laughs> uh it, it's it's really the weirdest thing is is like when i listen to that you can imagine that's all the band guys and they're talking. Right. But it's not. It's only Joey and the engineer. It's not even me. I'm not. Oh, wow. There's nobody there. But the weirdest thing is that it sounds like us. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and I and almost in like a, a like I we've even talked about it before. Like there's a part like, cause all the voices are done different. They're all like in different pitches and stuff. And they were trying to do different accents and things. And there's one that sounds just, just like Eric. <laughs> it sounds just like him. And then you hear Joey on one, one of the little words of, I don't even know if people understand, but if you paid attention over the years, there's a Joey says, uh, always the last one. Mm-hmm when he recorded that, you know, he didn't, you know, a year later we're touring. Eric was always the last one out of the dressing room. <laughs> and Joey would always say that just like that. So it's just a weird, cool thing to, you know, just like, how did you like force foresee that? Like, I don't know. It's, it's really bizarre. Like it's that, but that's none of us except for Joey and uh, uh, Matt, the uh, engineer. Interesting, interesting. And like I was saying before, those albums completely different in my brain, at least, you know, the, mm-hmm. the first album. And I got I got to imagine they're different from you. I remember speaking to you around the time when, when Women and Children came out and uh, so much of that album was kind of tied to a, a horrible car accident you had been in, especially with the tune like My Dark Place Alone. So I almost mm-hmm. kind of see those albums from your point of view, where I imagine the first one was all fun and games and new and exciting and a fresh new toy to play with. And then the second one was kind of dark and evil and taking you back to some not so fun times. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's what happened in between those life happened. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know I, again, the, the, the first murder dolls record is uh, it's got that young, just spirit that just anarchic, just, it's just, uh, it's exactly what it needed to be. The second album, you know, happened eight years later. Uh, and a lot of that music was, was songs that I had were, were just, uh, I think for uh, probably everything on that record, for the exception of My Dark Place Alone, were all songs that I didn't use for my solo records. Ah, uh, There was a couple songs that maybe were, I thought were going to be for Murder Dolls here or there, but I, I didn't really 
separate it that much. It's hard for me to, you know what I mean? Like it's just, what is what, uh, Joey was always the one that would listen to the songs and go, cause I just wrote constantly back then. And he would, you know, and I gave him when it came time to do that second record, I gave Joey a demo. It had 52 song ideas on it. Wow. 50. Now that's not full songs. That's just, that could just be a chorus. And but it was all done with like, you know, drum machine demos and just stuff I did at home could just be a chorus and a verse. And he literally went through 50, well, 52 of those. He whittled it down to 28. So when we went in the studio to do that record, there were 28 song ideas that he and I, they, we, that he wanted to to work on. And we realized that was not ever going to happen. And then it got whittled down to what those songs are on, on that record. Uh, My Dark Place Alone was the only song that we wrote once we got together. Mm. And that was just Joey said, I, I got this riff and I got this idea. He went in, tracked the drums, literally playing the music in his head, then came in, tracked the guitar. And we just kind of wrote the song there. And uh that was that particular song happened to be about what you said. It was about one of the dark moments of, of those eight years in between the record. And uh, that just happened to be the one that we, that we jailed on, you know, and uh, but that definitely wasn't the theme of, of the record. I've, I've been listening to it a lot, like both of those albums a lot over the last couple of months, just getting it in my head and getting ready for this tour. And sure. And uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm really proud of both of them. There's some, really good, good music on those they're just really cool just i don't know we really we really fine-tuned that that almost 80s hair metal sound that mm-hmm. we that i love the motley early motley crew and 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 twisted sister and with joey's drumming and the production we had on that second record it had that metal edge to it so it was just it was you know, it's like, oh, that kind of sounds like glam rock, but it was kind of, it was Darker. tough. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, and I love that. I mean, and that's really, I think what made us shine and made us separate from the pack, you know? Uh, so those songs still, they still stand up and I, and I can't, I can't wait to, to play them, but, uh, but yeah, they definitely had a, a different vibe from between the first and second one. And that was something that we, that we wanted to do as well. Like, uh, if you listen to some of the songs later on in that record, like uh, the motherfucker see motherfucker do uh, <laughs> hello, goodbye, die. Those are the original songs that were going to be at the first of the record. And that was going to be the style of the songs we were going to write. Interesting. And that would have been more toward the first. album. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, we were like, that's too easy. Let's and, and Joey wanted it to be because, you know, it, you know, him being from Slipknot and everything, and he had that metal side, you know, he always wanted something. If it was a little heavier, a little darker, he wanted that. And that was, that was his, that was his call on on that. And for me being the writer of the music, I was like, cool, I'm good with it. (laughs) But, but the cool thing was, is a lot of those songs that ended up on, on that record. I love them now, but before Joey had got a hold of them, they were just in my demo pile of songs I thought were okay. <laughs> and when I hear a song like Summertime Suicide finished, yeah. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but that's but that is what Joey did. Joey mm-hmm. heard something in that song and was like, That's that's the one. And he did the same thing with Nowhere. He was like, That's that's one too, both of those. And when I hear those songs, I'm like, those are like those are like what we call our, our, our hits, you know, if you want, they were just a they were catchy radio songs, sure. you know, and the label loved them too. They just didn't know what to do with them. They couldn't put, 
they they literally were scrambling trying to figure out how to get summertime suicide on the radio without me changing the words. And I'm like, and then they asked me to change the words. I'm like, it's <laughs> nah, nah. I remember, yeah, I remember that I'm coming out and playing my dark place alone to, to death and kind of curious about that album too. Were you saying you're bringing in all these ideas? Was it pretty last minute? It wasn't really thought out. It wasn't like you knew in a year in advance next year, we're making the second murder dolls album. It seemed like it just kind of happened on the fly and, and boom, bang, boom, let's do it. That's how every, even the first album was ah. on the fly, you know, everything. I mean, it was literally when Joey had a window of Slipknot. <laughs> right. And that was a very small window for anybody in that band, it seemed like. Yeah. You know, looking back on it now, you know, you know, Corey doing Stone Sour too. He had this this little window of opportunity. And and knowing that they were just, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world and still are to this day, uh, you know, they touring touring opportunities come up for them so if joey wanted to be like oh i want to do murder dolls well what if slipknots you know so it just right. he had he had that little small window and that's when the first album happened if he didn't take that chance you would have never saw it you know <laughs> and the same thing happened after the fourth slipknot record he had that little window of opportunity and he and i hadn't really we just kind of talked off and on for eight years and all of a sudden hey i think i'm going to do this and then about a month before it happens. Okay, we're doing this. <laughs> Fuck. All right, what do you got? So what you hear on that second album is us literally talking on the phone for about a month, him listening to those 52 demos and us getting together and go, all right, we got 30 days to make this work. And that's what happened. And uh, our guitarist, Ramon, who wasn't in the band at the time, I had him as part of the budget of the recording us staying. We all stayed in one house, had a studio next to the house. And I brought my friend out, Ramon, to video everything. We're going to document the whole thing. Literally, I basically, I just wanted to find a reason to get my friend to come hang out with sure. me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you want to video stuff? Sure, whatever. So that was like his job to hang out. But he had knew Joey before prior to the uh even meeting me, he met Joey in the ministry tour years ago mm -hmm. and they were friends. So Joey and I were literally going to do this whole album ourselves and just the producer Zeus. And then my buddy Ramon's there and we both, I don't, Joey and I both didn't realize what a talent he was and what a great guitar player he was. And I think it literally was just him picking up a guitar one day and Joey goes, Holy shit, you can play. <laughs> And then he ended up playing all the guitar on the record, all the solos, all that cool stuff. Wow. That gives the record its layers and everything, you know, is, is Ramon. So uh, that was a that was a cool thing, you know, and Joey like loved it. And once we brought Ramon in, he was like, cause he, he wanted to reassemble the band at, at that time. It was just uh, he had his reasons for not wanting to, to work with the, with the other guys at the time. And hmm. uh, I'd already played with, with AC and Eric and, and my solo band and it didn't work out. And uh, so I couldn't be like, Hey, it didn't work out with us. So you know what Let's I mean? Again. So it was just like, <laughs> so Joey's like, I just, you know, who I, I got to have some, some guys around, uh, you know, I, who else you got? And I'm like, well, I got my buddy Jack. And then that's when Jack comes into it. Uh, so, uh, that's how that, it, it literally was just, we made it up on the spot, you know, we made up 
what are we going to look like this time? I don't know. <laughs> fucking do it. All right. Well, we couldn't figure it out. So we just painted ourselves all black in that first video. <laughs> right. you know, like, okay, we don't know what we're doing yet. We're just covered in gunk. <laughs> when all those so, bills. Uh, but, you know, that made it kind of fun. It made it dangerous. We didn't know what we were doing. And then when we would do something and then they would go, wow, this is really good. We're like, really? We just <laughs> fucking made that up, you know? But, uh, but that was the cool thing. I, one of the greatest feelings was when we we had the record. We had, we, we were almost done with it recording. We had, and the label had came into town, uh, and they were in Los Angeles, and they came to the studio to check out what we had done. Mm -hmm. And they were expecting the first album. They were expecting "Twist My Sister," <laughs> some other nursery rhyme, motherfucker <laughs> songs, or whatever. And because uh, they'd already dealt with me with my solo record, too, you know, so they had, they had a, their opinion already made of what it, they thought it was going to be. Right. And they set they came in the studio. We had a nice studio and they it was like four or five of them. And we knew them. They were cool people. Like It wasn't just like record people. It was, it was record people that we knew for years and we respected and, you know, people that had signed all the big bands. And uh, so they're sitting there and we're like, all right, they're just going to blow smoke up our ass because they got to. So let's see what they do. And Zeus goes, all right, you guys, cool. All right, here we go. And he hit play and he played nowhere. And you should have seen their look <laughs> on their face. They were just like, what is this? And it, was, it was genuine. It was like, holy shit, this is really good. And I was like, and I could see it. And we were kind of like, all right. Just, and Joey and I sat in the back of the room with sunglasses on like this. So we were trying to be like, so they couldn't see, we were trying to give no, uh, right. you know, <clears throat> and then they were like, holy shit, guys, that's like a radio song. We're like, yeah. And then what else you got? Summertime suicide. And then that blew their mind. They were like, this is, this is radio. This is radio. And then they were like, oh my God, you're saying suicide. Uh -huh. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. What can you do to change that? And I'm like, well, if I change it, then the whole song is fucked. So they didn't really bug me. It wasn't like a twist in your arm thing, but it was just a cool reaction because I know they expected to see our, that they, they expected this, you know, juvenile <laughs> glam. We came in with, and we came in with two like hit sounding songs, you know? And uh, so that was a, that was a cool thing. And again, we just really just kind of made it up. <laughs> I love hearing all that, man. That's crazy to hear about the those albums and can't wait to see it all live. Speaking of albums, I wanted to touch upon the solo career, man. I feel like you yeah. have been on a roll lately, dude, from yeah. from uh what condolences, necrophase, horrifier. Been on yeah. a roll, man. These last three albums have been some of your best. And twenty twenty two for horrifier, so I'm imagining twenty four we'll get a new solo album uh probably 25 because oh. uh we're gonna be touring all all next year uh i'm basically filling up all of next year with with touring and uh but we we will record for sure uh we will record what will be the the next record uh we, we would have to find time to do that sometime next year mm. uh so yeah i mean that'll be that'll be record number number 10 which is crazy to think but you know uh <laughs> I'm definitely going to be approaching this one a lot, a lot more clear headed. Uh, I, I, I love the last record and it, and I'm glad that it turned out the way that it turned out, but going into that record, I just wasn't 
ready to record a record. Hmm. And it was the first time I ever went to record a record. And I kind of felt like I had to do something. Ah. And I did. And the first time I didn't want to record. So, uh, so I was constantly judging myself and plus we recorded it ourselves too. So I didn't really have anybody telling me it was good other than <laughs> myself or the band, you right. know, and, and COVID messed with everybody's head. It definitely spun me off the tracks a bit. And I just wasn't for the first time. I just wasn't sure. First time I ever made a recording where I wasn't sure if I did something good. And then it took getting reviews and fans and stuff to tell me that they really liked it. So it was just a weird, weird time for me. So I, I need, so this record is going to be, my my rocky two out of that (laughs) i'm coming out you know swinging on that one because i just feel a little defeated on that one because it wasn't where what i need to be you know for a recording interesting interesting to learn man i mean i I was gonna praise you for for talking about one of my favorite horror movies that i feel like doesn't get the love on that christine fury in the night like love that movie and i feel like it kind of gets forgotten i was like yes even wednesday knows how great that movie was and wrote a song i love it it. i love that movie i was just talking about uh about that uh to a friend the other day uh christine was actually the only song on horrifier that was an idea from before when i was going back through some demos i had i'd found just the music for that and i had it labeled in my thing as christine and i was like oh because i just i'd always had the idea of writing a song about the car so that could have been something back from like dixie dead era like it could have been something old that was the only old song or old song riff i pulled out (laughs) it didn't have any words but instantly i was like you know i I can i could hear where i what i was trying to do with this so uh but again i'm not saying i I don't like horrifier i don't like my mental state uh of the recording of that record because i think of every it's weird a lot of people think of their recording or uh, their favorite albums uh, will be like, oh, this is my favorite one because, you know, this was the point in my life and this and this. Sure. All my records are like are chapters of my life. Yeah. So when I think back to Murder Dolls, the women and children last, that was a that was a chapter. I just got divorced. I just moved to California. So all my memories that people don't know about are attached to those albums. So sure. sometimes there's good things. And sometimes there's bad things. <laughs> and I had a lot of bad stuff attached to Horrifier. My mom passing away, uh, Joey passing away. There's a lot of just, and the world sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, a, you know, it was just a, it was just weird. It was the first time I kind of went in to the ring kind of feeling like I didn't have my hands all the uh, way up. Uh, but, but the record turned out great. Cover looks great. Uh, the reaction was great. And it is, it's a cool record. I just wish I'd have been a little more together in my brain. Well, I, I can't wait to hear when you are inspired to go in and record yeah. next in the next one. Dude, last yeah. last thing I wanted to hit you with, uh, we've, we've talked over the years and kind of bonded over our love of Danzig over the years. I know you're a big yeah. Danzig fan. And yes. kind of curious for you, man, we've been fortunate enough. We're an Inland Empire radio station. You're in Hollywood, like SoCal out east and the past two years we've been really fortunate enough to have danzig play in our market last may he played danzig two in its entirety and just a few weeks ago in september he played danzig one in its entirety and i was stoked for both shows but it got me to thinking you being a danzig fan if you had to pick out of those two danzig one versus danzig two which one out of those two one ah interesting interesting okay tell me why tell me why 
Uh, it's just, again, it's, it, it's not the be all end all. That's just my, my preference. Uh, actually I've listened to Danzig quite a bit, uh, over the past couple months. And I, and I always say this too. I'm not the biggest misfit fan. I Same. like, I like the misfits. Same. I like, you know, they're okay. I really, really dig Danzig. Uh, and I, and, and it took me a while to get into Danzig. A friend of mine turned me on to him and like, early early 2000s you know oh, so wow. went, that's when i got into it and just i i loved i love those first four and danzig four is is probably next to one it goes in order it's the first one fourth one second one third one that's my that's in my order of danzig okay. records okay but uh unfortunately danzig canceled his his la show that he did out here i was going to go see it uh, and I think he canceled at the beginning of the tour so, or, or something. It canceled. Something got moved around. So yeah. playing it, but it's later in the year, but it's when I'm on tour. So I'm going to miss the reschedule. So I did watch videos uh, and man, it sounds good. My buddy Carl uh, from Michael Monroe's band is playing drums for him. Okay. He is in the pocket, and yeah. not that Johnny Kelly was never in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are—I'm just saying—I just watched a YouTube video, and I was like, "Holy shit, this band <laughs> sounds good." Danzig sounds good. He's just—he's just ruling it. And I've just always said over time, you know, Danzig over the Misfits, and I think he'll say the same thing in his in his brain. That's just—it just—it just is. Yeah. That's just the law. <laughs> well, I'm with you on that, and unfortunately, you missed it. Yeah, they moved the show from August to September. So it was a few weeks ago, so you missed it. But your your oh, friend- okay, I did miss. All right, yeah. something. Ha- you know what? I think I was at another show the night he played. There was something that I couldn't go. Zombie Alice Cooper, probably that same night. Yeah, yeah, that's where. It was. Yeah, decisions, yeah. decisions, tough. But yeah, yeah, your your friend killed it on the drums. He almost looked like Johnny Kelly a little bit. Like I was like doing a double take. Like even the way he <laughs> played and the setup of the drums was kind of very well, that's reminiscent. Not his, that's not his first time with Danzig. He goes back. He played with Danzig when Todd Youth was in. Oh, uh, okay. Band. And actually, uh, my project I did Gunfire '76 mm-hmm. was originally that guy on drums ah. and Todd Youth on guitar because Todd Todd wrote most of the music or half the music on that gunfire record. So that was going to be a band uh, at one point too. So it's a small, small world. It is. But yeah, he's just a, he's a, and you know, he's just a great, great drummer. I just didn't, I just had never really seen him uh, videos of him playing with Danzig and he kills it, you know? Killed it. And and just to, just to finish the Danzig talk, man, I asked him because I got to talk to Glenn last year and this year. And I was like, hey, any chance Danzig for next year for the 30th anniversary? And he was like, nope, <laughs> no Danzig uh, activity next year. So, well, you know, at, at, he's doing what he can. I mean, I'm shocked that he went out and did the misfit stuff. Still. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to do it. And he <laughs> looks like he's having fun with it. And it's pretty insane to see an arena field full of people singing, you know, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. It's pretty, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It was great to have him out in the Inland Empire out in Ontario at the hockey minor league hockey arena and sold it out and over 5,000 people. It was great. Great show. Uh, good. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Always great chatting with you and can't wait to see you in a few weeks at the whiskey. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. Thanks buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cool. Thanks. 
Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.